Fun facts. That make you sound smart. Learn stuff. Win prizes. KC95. 6.30 straight up on this Tuesday morning, and it's time now for Fun Facts to make you sound smart. Here's what you do. You drop these into conversation. All of a sudden, you come across even more witty, charming, and informed than you already are. You fight back against boring water cooler conversations with the fine pieces of information we're about to drop on you, making the world an entirely more interesting place. You are doing the Lord's work. The shortest career for anyone who's played in the NBA. You know who that is, Chris? Oh, I don't. Um, the shortest career. I'm going to say it's got to be injury-related, and I'm going to say less than a minute. Less than a minute. Care to get any more granular number of seconds played? Because there's a, there's some folks with very short NBA careers. 38 seconds. Aha! Lower. Really? The shortest career for anyone who's played in the NBA is a guy called Jameson Curry. He was subbed into a game on January 24th, 2010 and played the entirety of his NBA career for 3.9 seconds. Oh, no. Was this the end of a game thing or was this an injury? It was the only time Curry would ever play in an NBA game. And I think he was subbed in for an injury. And it's the shortest NBA career in terms of time. And it is a heartbreaker. I mean, he had an illustrious collegiate career. He basically worked his way up through the bench system of various teams that he was on. And this was for the Clippers, by the way. Oh, God. And in one sense... I looked him up on Instagram. He's like a he's a, a school basketball coach now. He right seems on. to be making great contributions to his community. And it seems like a heartbreaker on the surface of it. But then you realize that for that 3.9 seconds for the Los Angeles Clippers in 2010, Jameson Curry made $454,000. Right. So, you know, okay. $454,000 for 3.9 seconds of work. It's good hourly wage. Yeah, like I, I stopped feeling sorry for him right after that. You like me, a, me too. <laughs> you like a Krispy Kreme? I do. You know who else likes a Krispy Kreme? Who's that? The Irish. Oh. Krispy Kreme's most profitable location out of its 1,300 stores is in Dublin, Ireland. Pulls really? in around $330,000 a week in revenue. And it is a weird thing because growing up in England, there are certain things that England just didn't have the way America did. Ice cream was one. There was one Baskin Robbins in all of England. Really? And they did not have 31 flavors. They had like eight. <laughs> Vanilla, <laughs> I was like, chocolate, strawberry, get out. Yeah. For, <laughs> that was kind of it. I was like, you realize the 31 is for... No, never no, mind. No, right. Like They didn't have that. They had a lot of you know chocolate and vanilla soft serve in England. Sure. It wasn't so... It wasn't a scoopy ice cream culture. There was oh. ice cream, but it was much more soft serve oriented. And then Even the Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. Well, no, Baskin Robbins. It was like the one place where you could go get various flavors scooped out of a right. tub, and that was all they had in the entire country. I think it's different now, but the same went for donuts. They had donuts, but they were all sort of jam filled and creamy, yeah. sort of eclair type of affairs, yeah. which were delicious. But sometimes you just want a good old. Sugary, fried and fat donut the way Americans like things. Right. And uh, that's probably why Krispy Kreme's most profitable location is in the United Kingdom in Dublin. Makes sense. You know how everyone says a McDonald's Coke tastes better than other Cokes, Chris and Jack? Because it does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's spicier. You're not imagining it. There's some history and there is some science to it. Here's the deal. Coca-Cola 
tastes better or different than it does at other restaurants at McDonald's because Coca-Cola is delivered to McDonald's in stainless steel containers. Every other restaurant, every other restaurant gets theirs in a plastic bag, which is not temperature controlled. And there's a reason for it. They have a special relationship. The two corporate giants have this unique deal worked out that dates all the way back to the 1950s. As McDonald's began to expand around the globe, it turned to its buddies at Coca-Cola as a beverage dealer and used Coke's offices as a base of operations. So they were kind of basically roommates in the early days. And as the relationship grew, the companies developed this unique system of beverage delivery for McDonald's locations, the stainless steel containers that keep the flavor fresh. Interesting. And like we said, at other restaurants, Coke syrup is delivered in these plastic bags. But for McDonald's, they get it in the stainless steel tanks that ensure freshness, creating what many believe is the best Coca-Cola available. And the McDonald's folks confirm this method on their website. They say the water and the cola are pre-chilled before entering the fountain dispensers with a ratio of syrup set to allow for ice to melt. And we keep our fountain beverage systems cold so your drink can always be at the peak of refreshing following the guidelines set by Coca-Cola to ensure it tastes the same as when you buy it in the bottle. So if you're another business, could you pay more to get yours in a stainless steel or is this a, an exclusive deal? No, it sounds like a good old boys club handshake. Like, hey, wow. we're only going to give you the good stuff. We're only going to deliver to you. Everybody else gets the plastic trash. Interesting. And you can taste the difference and this is why... You really can. You really can and this is why I think McDonald's go... Uh, why people go to McDonald's just for a drink and they make their drinks a dollar and by the way mcdonald's and everybody else will tell you they're not in the hamburger business they're not in the chicken sandwich business they're in the soft drink business because they make little to no money off of all the weird sandwiches and stuff like that but the markup on a large soda what, what do you pay for a large coke at mcdonald's Probably, depending on the time of day, if they're doing specials or not, between a buck or two. Yeah, buck or two. Cost pennies to make that thing. My my dad uh-huh. was a, uh, ex- not an, oh, he was an exec at Burger King Corporation for a while, and he said that it costs the average restaurant 10 cents mm-hmm. for a soda. Yeah, 10 cents for a soda. Plus, you got to imagine the volume in which McDonald's buys, so it's yep. probably less than that. So yep. here's the thing. There's like a 100% markup on a lot of the beverages there. So they're just basically trying to get you in there to buy a salty sandwich so you need a refreshing beverage after it. Uh, McDonald's also says on its website that the company uses wider than average straws so that all Coke tastes can hit your taste buds. Feel free to make your own highly obvious joke about a bigger straw making things taste better. I certainly (laughs) would not stoop so low. The AD Show with AD Roundtree. Mornings on KC95, St. Louis's classic rock. Hi. We talked about it last time on Fun Facts Make You Sound Smart. If you have ever spent any time there, it kind of makes sense. Do you know which state was basically founded by criminals and prostitutes? 974-1111. Why is it fun to stretch out the R in prostitutes? Prostitutes. Make your own joke about stretching out the R in prostitutes? <laughs> I certainly wouldn't stoop so low.
Jeff, welcome to the AD Show. How's it going? It's going well. I'm dry. I'm not soggy anymore. Uh, I'm glad to hear you are unsoggy. Let's see if we can get your unsoggy self to the Simon and Garfunkel story. We talked about it last time on Fun Facts Make You Sound Smart. Which state was basically founded by criminals and prostitutes? I think it was Arizona. It was not Arizona. Better luck next time. Casey, good morning. Which state was founded by criminals and prostitutes? Louisiana. Yeah, man. John Law, a Scottish monetary reformer and originator of something called the Mississippi Scheme for the development of French territories in America, offered prisoners something they couldn't refuse, their freedom, as long as they were willing to marry a prostitute and head off to Louisiana. Anyone who agreed got shackled together until they boarded a ship and set sail for our Gulf Coast. Uh, one time, <laughs> the way Louisianans would do, because you just won tickets to go see the Simon and Garfunkel story, give me your best <laughs> very good hold the line <laughs> fun facts that make you sound smart learn stuff win prizes kc95